on the we we've been talking about obviously being led versus being driven, being a sailboat versus being a rowboat. We haven't talked a whole lot about being driven. That's because that's not what we want to be. Uh, you will discuss that a little bit in your group. I'm not going to give you a whole lot on that. There's a slide here. Some of the things that can drive us. We can be driven by other people, spouse, boss, parents. We can be driven by fear. Uh, some people are driven by safety of their children, fear of failure, fear of the future, fear of not having enough money, all kinds of things. Circumstances which are real. Financial pressure can drive people. Uh, hectic schedule, work, those types of things. Insecurity, that really has to do with who you are, trying to keep up with other folks. Guilt, uh, whether that's guilt towards God, it can drive you spiritually. Guilt towards somebody you feel like you've wronged. Or um, expectations, ambition, addiction. There are all kinds of things that can drive you. And I think most people are driven in certain areas of their life, but not in their entire life. Y'all spent some time talking about that tonight. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. So just recap. We want to trust. We want to be led by the Spirit. To be led, we have to trust. To trust, we have to know. The Holy Spirit's the third person of the Trinity. We talked about what He does. Chiefly, he refines our character. He empowers us to live. We talked about the five most common ways that God leads us. Scripture, through speaking kind of directly to our hearts, through other Christians, through common sense, and through uh, circumstantial signs. And we also talked about when God is silent. We talked about dark night of the soul, how the enemy can interfere with communication, how other people in our circumstances can make it seem like God is not speaking to us. Tonight, we're going to talk some about where God leads us, but before we did that, I wanted to, this whole little puzzle thing, we want to be led, not just for us. Like, it's it's good for me to be led. It's a better life for me personally if I'm led by the Spirit. But it's not just a, it's not just a personal thing. I'm part of a body, and there's things that God wants to do in our community, and He's going to do it through us, not through Stonebridge, but through the body of Christ here in Marietta. There's some things he wants to do, that can, that, and the way he's chosen to work is through people. He doesn't work outside of his people, except very, very rarely. Almost every time, biblically, that you see God working, it's through his people. And so that's going to be the case for us. And if we're being, if I'm being led by the Spirit, then that puts me in a position to be a puzzle piece that gets placed in this broader context of what God is doing. If I'm not led by the Spirit, if I'm driven by any of those other things, and it's not just that my life is going to be worse, then I'm, I'm one of these pieces that doesn't fit. And some of y'all had that. You had pieces of your puzzle. They just don't fit. And that's what happens. The, uh, 1 Corinthians 2 says the Spirit of God knows the mind of God, so he's the one that knows what the Father is trying to accomplish in Marietta. And if we're each being led by him, then that means we're each, this, we're each a piece that he can place in the puzzle where it needs to go. If we're personally not being led by him, it doesn't just affect our personal life or our individual life. It also affects what God is doing in our community because then we're, we're, not, we're not placeable for him. We're, we're a piece that doesn't fit into what he's doing. You see what I'm saying with that? So that's all that was. Sean has a bag of peppers for the winning team. And if any of you can eat one, how long do they have to go without drinking water? What's the contest? 30 seconds, and Sean will give you a kiss. Yeah, they're really small. They're like bite size. Sean says they're not bad. Britt said her tongue is still numb, so you can decide 
if you're more like Britt or more like Sean? <laughs> Don't be sissies. Don't be a sissy. <laughs> they are cute, but wait till you eat one. Jerry Foyfer grew those. You can. Jerry Foyfer grew those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, y'all make fun of them now. Put one in your mouth. All right, so where does the Holy Spirit lead us? In general, and this is a one, this 100% true, he only leads us into good places. God is good. The Holy Spirit is, is God. He only leads us into good places. Psalm 23, that's personal. Green pastures, still waters, paths of righteousness. All of that is true. So personally pleasant places and spiritually significant places. If you read through Acts, there's a couple of times where you read like uh, in Acts, I think it's 10. Peter's having a, a vision and he says he's, he's uh, the spirit spoke to him and said, go with these three men. And those three men were sent from Cornelius and Peter went and it was the first time the gospel had been preached to Gentiles. It's a huge monumental time in the in history. Really, and that was the Holy Spirit leading Peter into this spiritually significant moment. In Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas, it says the Spirit set them apart and sent them out for mission work. Again, this very uh, spiritually significant time. And so for us, that's, that's the general rule. The Holy Spirit is going to lead us into good places. I say it's better to be led than it is to be driven. If we're driven, we may stumble into some good places. If we're led, we can count on being taken to these good places because God is good and we can trust his character. Now, we've, we're all old enough to know that life is not a bowl of cherries. And so what I think what happens is our perception, which can be valid, our perception can be the circumstances are not, they're not good. And so I want to talk a little bit about that tonight, some places where you can guarantee that you're going to be led that most likely you won't experience as good in the moment. I think looking back, you will say, that was good, but in the moment, it won't feel good at all. Again, when, when, when the Holy Spirit leads us into places that we experience as good, well, that's easy, and so we're not going to talk about that. It's these places where the circumstances are difficult that can cause some confusion for us. Again, ultimately, I think we would all look back and say, that was that was for my good, or that was for the good of what God was doing in the people around me. But when you're in the middle of it, it can feel pretty frustrating. So uh, just three. One, you can expect to be led into the wilderness at some point. Jesus was. Luke 4.1, it says Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert where he was then tempted by the devil. Now, God doesn't tempt, but God does test. Those are not the same thing. Temptation is to sin, Test is to refinement. They're not, they're not even remotely the same thing. The Bible's very clear in James. God does not tempt us. However, he does test us. And oftentimes that is in a wilderness or a desert experience. We talked a couple of weeks ago about dark nights of the soul. And it very well could be that the Holy Spirit leads you into one of those times. You can think of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham, after 25 years of waiting on this promised son finally has this son and when he's 12 years old God says go kill him take him up on a mountain and sacrifice him that's a test will you Abraham trust God with this only son who's the child of promise yes or no 
It's, that's a test of Abraham's faith in God. And ultimately for us, all tests get down to that. Do we trust God's character? Do we trust his word that he's put in our hearts? It'll look different for each of us, but you can count on the fact that as a Christian, and I would say more than once, you're going to be led into a wilderness, and the purpose of that is to refine your character, and you're going to experience some form of testing in those moments. That ultimately all gets down to, do you trust God or yes or no? For some people, it has to do with finances. For some people, it has to do with relationships. For some people, it has to do with physical health. Some people, it has to do with their job. There's different, that, that's just the circumstances. Underlying all of it is, do you trust the character of God? Do you trust that God is good, that he's faithful, that you can count on him, yes or no? And the test, when you're in the middle of it, like Abraham doesn't know, that it, he, he doesn't know that it's a test, and most likely we won't either. It's, just, it's life that we're experiencing. We have to make a choice to trust that will be most likely pretty painful. And that's what God's doing. It's, it's refining our character. His desire is to conform us into the image of Jesus. And so that means we have to change because none of us look exactly like him right now. So that's kind of what's going on in those wilderness or desert experiences. And again, you can count on the Holy Spirit leading you into that. In the moment, you won't experience that as a good place. You'll feel dry. You'll feel pain, those types of things. But when you get on the other side, you'll recognize that that was good. It brings you into a whole other dimension of your relationship with the Lord. So that's the first one, wilderness. Um, the other, this is not so much what you'll be led to, but what you may be kept from. At times, the Holy Spirit's going to say no to you. In Acts 16, 6 and 7, Paul's trying to get into several different places um, to preach. And it says the, the Spirit prevented him from going. The Holy Spirit stopped him from actually making progress. His Paul's deal, the call on his life was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. He's trying to get into certain Gentile territories. We don't know what it looks like. We just know that, according to his traveling companions, the Holy Spirit prevented them from actually going into these places. And at times, the same thing will be true for us. I don't think God says no very much, but he does say no sometimes. And there, again, I would say you can pretty much count on it. At some point in your life, there's going to be a place that you feel, hey, this is, this is the next step for us. This makes sense. The lights are green. The circumstances are all lining up. But you're going to, you know, sometimes people talk about having a check in their heart. God's going to say no. It's not the circumstances saying no. It's God saying no. The circumstances may all say yes. But it's the Lord in your heart. It's the Holy Spirit saying no. You can't proceed with that. I have, this is me. You don't have to agree my theory is that we're never in a position to hear God say yes unless we're willing for God to say no. And I think until you come to that place with whatever those decisions are, unless you're willing for the answer to be no, you're never going to hear him say yes because at that point you're not asking to know what his will is. You're saying, will you bless my will, please? If the only thing that you're willing to hear is yes, then you're not asking him what he wants. You're asking him to sign off on what you want. I'm not... I don't want you to become wishy-washy in your prayers at all. Well, God, if it's your will, not like you still want what you want, and you still ask for that boldly and confidently and without equivocation. At the same time, you recognize he he can say no, and if he says no, I, okay, I can live with that because my hope is in him, not in the answer 
to this prayer, not in me getting what I want. I hope that makes sense because I don't I don't want us to get soft in terms of what we ask for or the way we live. I think I don't think God expect desires for us to live timidly where we're constantly saying, Well, God heal him if it's your will and God I don't think that's what he wants for us. I think he wants us to know, know him well enough to grab on and say, we want to see this person healed. Or, God, I want you to move me into this role. Or, God, we need to see this happen. I, I think he wants that from us. And even as we pray those things with all of our hearts, there's there's still this, it's almost, it's not an asterisk, but there's just a, a condition of our heart that says, and if the answer is no, I'm, that's good. I can I can live with no. I can live with that because my hope is in you, not in how you're going to answer this. So I would expect that as well. At some point in your relationship with God, he's going to say no to you. And it might be for no other reason than he wants to say no just to see how you're going to respond. Are you only following because you're getting what you want? Will you stick with him when he doesn't give it to you? He's not. It's not teasing. It's not cruel. It's a, again, it's a heart issue for us. We don't know what happened. We don't know why the Lord said no to Paul, but he did. And you can expect if he said no to him, he'll do the same thing for us. And the last one, um, he'll lead us into a place of suffering. And there's, I want to qualify that a little bit. In Acts 20, Paul says the Holy Spirit is leading me to Jerusalem, and I don't know what waits for me there, but in every city I go to, I know that God is telling me that I'm going to suffer. And so he's got, he said, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I know suffering is going to be involved. And now for Paul, suffering was a part of his calling. In uh, Acts 19, when he's called, when this prophet Agabus goes to him and says, you're going to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, he also says, God says, and tell him how much he will suffer for my name. So for Paul, suffering was intricately um, woven into his calling and everywhere he went he faced that and i don't know that that's the case necessarily for many of us however oftentimes suffering is a byproduct of obedience and as we're led by the spirit we will experience suffering it's not god leading us into suffering for its own sake it's the fact that as we're led by him we will experience suffering at some point these guys are going to nicaragua in um november one of them may catch malaria there, there's physical suffering involved in that. Ben's hoping it's Candace. Is that what you just said? <laughs> so, you know, that's God's not leading them to Nicaragua to give them malaria. That could be a byproduct of being led by the Spirit. The Spirit says they felt called to this mission trip. That could be a byproduct of that. I'm looking at Trey and at Bo. Both of them have made professional decisions that in some senses have cost them professionally because of what they feel like the Lord, how the Spirit's been leading them in terms of their family and ministry. And so both of them have made decisions. Trey going from Home Depot to Lockheed and both doing some things at Tip Top. They've said, listen, for where the Spirit is leading me as a husband, father, and, and in terms of ministry, there's some things I have to say no to at work. And I don't know if that's hurt them professionally, but it could. That, that could cost them. They could suffer professionally i was talking to a guy the other day who's a lawyer and he feels like what god is saying to him is you've got to spend more time with your kids so he's not going to become a partner as like he knows this is going to cost him in terms of moving up in his law firm he's not going to become a partner uh in in that in as quick a time as he the pace that he was on previous to now 
going to cost him professionally. So all of those are examples. It's not, God's not saying, I want you to suffer. But as we're led by the Spirit, there are consequences. Many of those consequences are positive. But in some cases, those consequences we can perceive as negative because it is going to cost us something. It might cost us financially. If the Holy Spirit's leading you to give at a certain level, well, that's money that you're not going to have to spend on something else. And you're going to feel that. It may be relationally that in order to uh, follow the Spirit, it's going to cost you a relationship. You're going to have someone who just doesn't understand why you're weird or how come you're choosing to parent your kids in a certain way or why you stop watching TV or whatever it is. And it could cost you relationally. It may cost you within your own family, parents who don't understand. or I, I don't know. And again, it's not, it's not that the Holy Spirit is necessarily leading you to suffer for the sake of suffering because that's what it was for paul it wasn't you're going to suffer because i want you to pay because you've persecuted christians it was you're going to be preaching in hostile territory you're going to be stirring up trouble and so you're going to you're going to suffer and i think in god telling him in advance i want you to know that it was so paul would know he's on the right track i want you to know this is going to happen so when it happens i'm still with you i'm in this you're getting stoned i'm with you you're shipwrecked i'm with you you're cold and hungry i'm with you you're in jail like that's all part of the deal i think it was to comfort paul so he would know when he's experiencing these terrible circumstances that it wasn't a waste that it was it was part of what god it was a result or a consequence of what god was calling him to and that's what happens he goes to jerusalem and he gets attacked by a mob and they they they're trying to kill him they're beating him to death until someone steps in and his the way he was saved is he was thrown in jail. So there you go. And he was in jail for several years after that. Ultimately, God's desire was for Paul to preach in Rome. And the way he was able to preach in Rome was he got thrown in jail. And so they sent him to Rome so he could be tried. And he was able to preach the gospel there. So it's part of this bigger picture of what God is doing. But often suffering is a part of that. And we don't need to be shocked. And we don't need to somehow think that we've missed it i don't think any of you were kind of health and wealth gospel people who think that following god means that you're going to get lots of money and never be sick however for many of us who this is the only culture we've known we've never experienced we've never truly experienced suffering for the sake of the gospel and that very easily could be in our future as we're led by the spirit again it might cost you at work it might cost you relationally financially might cost you physically in some ways but just knowing that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is not leading you. So wilderness, that's refinement. I guarantee you're, you're going to go through that more than once in your life. And in the midst of that, there's going to be a test, and it's going to be, do you trust? That's what the, whatever the window dressing, that's the fundamental test. Do you trust? There's going to be times where the Holy Spirit says no, and you're not going to know why. And it might not even, like to us, it might not even be a good reason. It's just, that's what God, it's, I'm not talking about doors being closed. I'm talking about in your heart, the Holy Spirit says, do not do it. Everything in the world might say, go for it. All of the lights are green. The doors are open. It makes sense. All of that. And God is going to say, no. And you're going to have to choose in that moment. Am I going to be led by the Spirit and not do it? even though I want to and it looks right and it looks good, am I going to submit and say, no, I'm just not. And when people say, you're an idiot, why are you not doing it? And you're going to have to say, I just, it didn't feel right. I just, God said no. What? God, I, I don't know. He just, 
He said no, and I don't know why. You're going to have one of those, at least one of those, at some point in your life. And then your obedience at some point is going to result in suffering. As you're following the Spirit, at some point it's going to cost you something. And again, I think that's just another, that's, that's just a reality for us to know that, that that's just part of the equation. A little different in the context that we live in. Nobody's going to stone you. You're not going to get thrown in jail or anything like that. But it can cost you in some other ways. Good? So, y'all spend some time around in discussion. Uh, my encouragement, spend some time talking about this area of being driven. Uh, for some of you, that's a, that's a thing. Probably for most of us, that's a thing. It might be a great opportunity to pray for each other. Just You can just pray quick prayers that God would deliver um, from whatever it is that tends to drive you. And it might not have been something that was on our list. It might be something else, but you know what it is because it's, it's there pushing you along. And then spend some time talking about these other questions. Um, let me pray, and then we'll uh, break into our small groups. Lord, again, we thank you that you've chosen to leave to lead us, and you have not chosen to leave. God, I thank you that you even didn't, you didn't just leave a book and say, read the book and do what it says. God, that you actually dwell within us. And so I'm going to, I'll, I'll walk with you through life. God, there's nothing better than a personal guide. And that's what you've given us in your spirit. And so God, I pray the areas where we're driven, that you would bring conviction there, that you would show us why, what's the root of that. And God, that you would pull those roots out tonight. God, that we would have the freedom to be led. And I pray for the things that maybe keep us from that, the fears that we have about, well, if I say I'm going to be led, where exactly are you going to take me, God? That we would begin to process through those fears. And ultimately, God, we would trust that you are the absolute best father in the world. And so we can trust you completely with our lives. That Psalms 23, Psalm 23, it's, that is true for us. You only guide us into good places. You only lead us into pleasant pastures. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.